You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Yo, 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 what up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today we have an amazing guest. I mean, homie, you better thank him for the service. He's a veteran. He's a teacher, also doing another service. That's another salute. And he's also a part-time independent comics creator. What? He's done multiple projects. He's kicking ass on Kickstarter. He got a new project out now, already funded, So, and we were multiple days to go. So let's make it rain on the one, the only, Jeff Zainalati. What's well, up, Al? What's up, Crusaders? What's up? What's up? Thank you for joining me to talk about this awesome book you got out now on Kickstarter, Accidental Renegades. I don't know how you could go, you know, be a renegade by accident, but you're going to put us on, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to do it. Awesome. So, again, thanks for joining me today and, and sharing some of your time. So, you know, let's dig in, kiddo. Let's dig in. I love me a good origin story. So let me know where you're from and what was that first taste of pop culture in your in your young life? All right. Well, thanks for having me. Love the show. Love to be on it. I'm Jeff Zanilotti. Um, originally from Long Island, New York. So like you, I'm in one of the boroughs. I, uh, I've been a fan of comics pretty much my whole life. I can't remember exactly what got me onto it, but you know, I can remember a, a, an a issue of Ant-Man and an issue of, of Crystar, the Crystal Warrior that my dad got probably no. from the Penn Station uh, newsstand. That was my first comic book. Number two was Crystal, the Crystal Warrior when I was going to Puerto Rico at eight years old. Oh, uh, it was uh it was the one hold on. Uh oh. Oh, my man is about he he still got he's like me, be keeping them yeah. joints, son. Yeah, no, I got it. I actually got it. It's this one. Oh man, nice. Issue eight. Issue eight. Wow, look at yeah, that. So, Another yeah. fellow Christarian here. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was one of the first ones. Like I said, I'm I'm ninety nine percent certain I was homesick, and I'm pretty sure my dad worked in Manhattan at the time. Um you know, probably stopped at one of the newsstands in like Penn Station or maybe in the LIR or somewhere and just probably picked up something from, you know, whatever they had there. Had no idea what they were, brought them home and kind of gave them to me. He's like, hey, you're sick, you know, go ahead and read these. And I can't remember everything about it, but I remember it having like a huge impact. And when I reach back in my mind, that's the books that I can remember reading first. So I made sure, I, you know, I went on on uh, online, was able to get a copy. I'm going to hang it up in the office because it is it's part of my origin story, you know, like you said. So I've been a fan of comics forever. Always wanted to create my own, was always interested in telling my story, but never really wanted to do it. Always had an excuse, you know, like, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. It's not the right time. I'm too busy. All those little lies that we tell each other. Uh, the yes, pandemic the, the hit. The evil inner voice. Yeah. Very yeah. Evil. No, the inner voice can be your best friend or your worst enemy, right? But for me, it was the thing that was holding me back for too long. Then the pandemic comes. We're on lockdown. I've got nothing to do but argue with people online, and that's totally useless <laughs> and has <laughs> never actually accomplished anything. Uh, so I kind of decided I'm going to take the energy that I would put into that and I'm going to do, you know, take that energy and invest it in something creative. And that's kind of where the, the creative process for me really kind of got jump started. I created a, a one shot uh, for free comic book day in 2021 called the troublemakers and was able to get that done on time, get it to the printers and be able to get it out in stores all across Long Island. That kind of told me that this is something I can do. If I work hard and I, I take it seriously, I can, I can make this something that I can create. And so I told myself one thing's going to happen at the end of the year. I'm either going to be a year older having not created a comic book again, or I'm going to be a year older with something under my belt to show that I did it. And I said, you know, I can't change one of those things, right? 
a year is going to pass no matter what, but I can have something at the end of it. And that was kind of the driving factor that, that kind of got me to it. It lit a fire into me. And now first uh, self-published work is done. Now I'm on my first crowdfunding work, The Accidental Renegades. Oof, oof. Look at that. So what was that learning curve like, you know, stepping into the arena, if you will, and, and, and learning all these things, if you will, to produce the book and whatnot? Or were you kind of familiar, you know, based on education? How did that work out? No, actually, I wasn't that familiar, to be honest with you. Uh, it was a lot of learning. And, you know, I'm sure you understand the learning is still ongoing. Um, it taught me a couple of things. One was the importance of a, of a schedule. Um, you know, my experience is, is, you know, used to a certain amount of regimentation, um, you know, staying on schedule. So having a schedule allowed me to hit some of my own self-appointed deadlines. And that was pretty important. Um, one thing I had to kind of learn was, you know, I've said before that that perfect is often the enemy of good enough. And that when you're trying to hit a deadline at a specific date and you want everything to be perfect, the odds are you're never going to get it, but you'll probably miss your deadline. So it, it really kind of taught me to be able to take a step back from the work and make sure that it's good enough to tell the story, even if it might not be 110 percent perfect and then just try to do better on the next one. Uh, that's kind of a lesson that I have personally learned where I kind of had to unlearn some of my own personality in order to make sure that the product gets in the hands of the people that want it. And it's nice that you even recognize that, you know, not, not yeah. how many people don't do that. And I, I, I think that's probably has to do with you being a vet as well. Like you said, that regimen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think my military experience, um, you know, definitely shaped a lot of who I am as a creator, but one thing that it definitely did was it, it showed me the importance of, staying on a schedule and following a schedule because it does work at least it works for me and whether that's a function of my background or whether it would work for anyone i can't say but i know for me given my experience that's the way that that i'm able to kind of fall into a cadence if you will and stay on track a little bit easier so explain to me what is zed comics so zed comics is kind of the brand that i created in 2020 and i as i was starting this journey i wasn't sure if i wanted to go under the brand of jeff zanilati you know me myself or if i wanted to go kind of under a brand um so i created zed comics original it was just a, a name that i thought had a, a nice ring to it and that kind of became the brand now i've done discussions with people before where they're like oh so you know you're creating the zediverse and i never heard that before but i'm, I'm definitely hashtagging the zediverse because it's kind of cool let's um, get it done kid that yeah right sounds really like, cool it's, it's, hell yeah it sounds pretty cool right to have your own universe like that but i really kind of created zed comics original because i wasn't sure if the brand would be better served by me as an individual or by a name and this way i kind of have the flexibility to do you know zed comics original a jeff zanilati production you know almost kind of like a spike lee joint but you know with my own name on it instead of his i hate that that's that new york in you for sure it's gotta, you gotta <laughs> do it awesome all right so what what do you think was probably one of the biggest lessons you've learned you know in that learning journey you know from publisher to the first project that you ever did well, there's a couple and one I've already kind of talked about in the importance of staying on schedule, but I think one that I probably underestimated until I got really into it was the importance of finding your community and finding your tribe in the Indie Comics world. I maybe underestimated how supportive everyone would be. I'm kind of used to both in, in the military and in education. There's a lot of sink or swim, right? Like you either get it done or you fall behind. In the Indie Comics community, there's that as well. Like obviously you're expected to be successful. But never before have I seen a group of people who are also trying to do the same thing you're doing, but actively trying to lift you up at the same time. Uh, that's kind of new to me, and maybe I underestimated how prevalent that would be. But I've been impressed on an almost daily basis by the amount of creators who want to help you, even though you're trying to do the exact same thing they're trying to do, which is it's, get your books it's out the there. It's the New York audiences. in us. It's the New York in us. I'm telling you, we're not the types, you know, if somebody says, yo, yo, great, you know, we're like, I don't have money. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? 
right? <laughs> what do you want? You know, we we have that attitude towards people. I understand that 100 because even when I started my own things and just, you know, in general, overall in life, you know, if somebody says hi, my kind of first instinct is what do you want? Yeah, not not yeah, and, not, not high back. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I think, you know, we're like the kind of people that, you know, New York is a chew you up and spit you out kind of place. Right. So you got to be hard. You got to make it on your own. And I've always kind of been like, I'm going to succeed on my own. I don't need your help. I've got my own steam. I'll push on. And I realized that's not going to work in this community. Like I'm not going to crack these codes by myself. I need people who've been there, done that and have the experience. And fortunately, either I just glommed onto the right group of people or, you know, I just got lucky, but the group that I found have been, have been great, you know, great group of, of men and women who are willing to help you and do whatever they you know they can do to help you succeed. What a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really. All right. So, so talk about this, your first, one of your first crowdfunding campaigns, right? I mean, uh, what, why choose this particular platform and you know, how's that journey been? I'm going to be bringing up that this Kickstarter soon too. It's fire, okay. but um, yeah, talk about that little journey, you know, and why stepping into the arena with so many options nowadays with crowdfunding. Well, I know, you know, for my sake, I you know I tend to do a lot of research, a lot of research in YouTube, a lot of research online, and the one thing that I kept kind of coming back to was that the two big ones, at least from what my research was, and this is not to slight any other crowdfunding platform is that it was basically Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Those were kind of the two big ones that were out there. And I know there's Crowdfunder and a few others, and I'm not trying to slight those, but my research kind of pointed me in, in you know, lane A was crowd was Kickstarter, lane B was Indiegogo. And I just researched them both. And, and just from my level of comfort, I felt more comfortable using Kickstarter. So it's kind of like, you know, are you a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? Well, you know, you're probably the fan of the way you were, you know, you caught on to first, right? You know, I was Went to Yankees games with my dad. I'm a Yankees fan. That's kind of how it starts, right? Good boy. Yeah, man. So I, I, was, I was a little nervous. I wasn't <laughs> sure which one you were going to go for. But, well, I, um, I saw the game the other day with the with the Mets, and unfortunately, that's the game that the Yanks lost. Yeah, and I was yeah. surrounded by Mets fans. They're chanting, let's go Mets. It's, every yeah. time there was a pause, I was like, Yankees. <laughs> but even they love my attitude because even though I was surrounded, I had the courage to, to still support my yeah. team. They offered me yeah. beer and peanuts. I was like, I'm good. It might be poison. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's, it's kind of like what you know first, right? Like if I grew up going to going to Shea with my dad, you know, back before it was City Field, you know, maybe Shea, I'd be a hardcore Mets fan, right? So, yeah, I'm dating myself, aren't I? But, you know, I just I started on Kickstarter. I became more comfortable with Kickstarter. I backed a few projects on Indiegogo, but I, I really was comfortable with the, the business model that Kickstarter had. Um, I felt it was a little bit more user friendly for what I was looking for. And I also just felt like it was a little bit easier for me to manage. Since I've been on Kickstarter, I've been you know really happy with the interface, the way that you're able to kind of keep track of information, the way you're able to get metrics and, and some you know data from it to help you kind of point yourself in the right direction, the way you're allowed to, to kind of fix some of your mistakes um, it, to me, it's just been easy. Kind of the thing that I did in hindsight was I made my Kickstarter probably too long, but having never done it before, I wanted to give myself enough time to correct my course if I started a little bit off, right? Smart and, move, brother. Smart move, I think. Well, it is, it is. It is. I think, you know, probably in, in hindsight, it's probably not going to make that big of a difference. It just means I have to manage this thing for longer. But, you know, some of the metrics are saying whether you run a 60 day campaign or a 30 day campaign, the amount you raise is almost never going to change. Like statistically, you're going to raise about the same amount. It's just a matter of how much you're going to raise from day to day. So all I've really done is give myself a little bit more time to stay on top of it. But I'm also the type of guy that, you know, I'll start a job and about halfway through it, I'll realize that there might be a better way to do it and then I'll have to go and adjust. 
this this first campaign was too important to me to mess up by overestimating you know my own knowledge of the program and i'd rather give myself enough time to get it right and that's you know we're 100 about 170 funded right now oh, so let me, know, let's bring it up i'm sorry oh, let me take that back 140 yeah about 100 uh, about 147 percent funded uh, look at that so and kudos track. to you bro Thank kudos. You. No, i was very, I mean, very happy look at that very it's happy. wonderful i mean yeah how do you even handle your own promotion because I, I that's something that a lot of people struggle with especially young independent creators you know stepping into the game for the first time for you to achieve this goal right to get funded so quickly as well i mean what, what was your marketing campaign like your strategy you know i'll be honest with you my marketing campaign was to kind of lean on the tribe right um kind of get their advice get their help and i'm a fan of of the idea that a good idea is worth stealing and i've seen some some great creators come up with some really interesting marketing you're ideas. not stealing you're borrowing you're borrowing. right and i've kind of taken <laughs> and put my own spin on it you know i've really gotten into you know the meme game lately you know doing memes for accidental renegades um kind of learning how to work the algorithm between twitter instagram and facebook to try to get the most views on it um kind of leaning on on people to help with retweets and sharing to get that information out so you know my marketing campaign is is pretty much changing day to day as i see what works and what doesn't but that's kind of how you have to do it right you can't you can't use yesterday's sales techniques for today's customers right you got to kind of keep Absolutely. it fresh and so you know one of the downsides of having a campaign that's this long is it means i got to keep it fresh for a little bit longer you know um just power again, it, in hindsight power I'll, I'll do it different a little bit you'd be good brother don't you worry. yeah exactly, power it, baby. exactly. <laughs> so explain explain lucy what is accidental renegades what is this wonderful world that you're creating here all right well the elevator pitch is simple it's accidental renegades is a 36 page manga inspired comic about bumbling superpowered mercenaries who unintentionally ignite a global revolution and it asks the question how do you stay out of the public eye when you suddenly become the most notorious people on the planet um <laughs> it, it kind of the intent here was to kind of flip the superhero trope on its side a little bit is that we're all used to superhero comics where from the very beginning those individuals want to be heroes you know that's always been their dream and they work hard to pursue it and the journey kind of becomes the story with accidental renegades it's almost kind of the inverse these are individuals that have power that they never asked for and are suddenly have the the requirement of heroism put on them against their wishes right they want to be left alone they don't want this responsibility they don't want to be the heroes but they have no choice because through a system or a sequence of events uh, the responsibility for heroism is put on them and that's why they're igniting a revolution accidentally you know they're renegades but not by choice so accidental renegades is kind of a, a change of the trope where your heroes don't want to be heroes and have to navigate those waters reluctantly I and i think that's actually a much more real approach to this type of storytelling because i for example if i get powers i'm not gonna say i'm gonna be a bad guy <laughs> but you know but but you know i'm, I'm not gonna do things that as probably as clean like a superman would you know what i mean right right and i mean you look at the people that that have power and authority and don't necessarily want to change the world with it you know they just want to live their lives that's kind of what these folks are they're are you talking about elon musk exist. buying trying talk to buy twitter for billions and, instead of helping people <laughs> You know, I'd like to think what I did, what I would do if I had his money, but I can't even think in numbers those large. Uh, don't you worry, Renegades will be that large. You know, again, <laughs> I believe in manifestation, so I think you're on the right track with something that people are really going to enjoy you know, in this world building. And let's start taking a, a nice, dope look at the campaign because right now, 38 days to go, folks, right? 63 backers in. You know, he was looking for 15. Oh, oh, you know, he's at 22. Wonderful. I mean, and, and look at it. So is the book black and white color? What's popping here? That looks so it's, dope, man. 
it's it's manga inspired right so you know i'm a fan of of as i get older i find that i tend to gravitate more towards art and writing that's a little bit off the beaten path right so if you look at some of the the artists that i really admire they're they're artists that can be polarizing guys like you know umberto ramos chris bachelow ah. uh, joe madurera you know artists that have a very unique style that is kind of their own and because of that not everyone necessarily feels it but i like that these guys are taking chances and taking these risks with their with their art if you look at you know Chris Bachelot's art 10 years ago and Chris Bachelot's art now, there's a lot of differences. You know, he's definitely growing as an artist and I, I can definitely appreciate that. And I think that has kind of transitioned into my appreciation of manga because indie comics has taken a lot of really huge leaps and, and doing some extremely creative things, more so I think than Western mainstream comics. Agreed. But in manga, they're doing some crazy things in the mainstream. You know, you look at Chainsaw Man, you know, look at Haikyuu, you know, books about you know, murderers and, and volleyball players are some of the biggest sellers in Japan because for them, taking risks is, is more normalized. So I've kind of looked at that and and kind of wanted to, not just the manga aesthetic, but also kind of the manga sensibility. And that's kind of where the art is, is largely black and white, but does have some color in it, but largely just, you know, for the sake of, of aesthetics and for the sake of my personal preference, it's largely, uh, the interior art's largely black and white. I think you're muted. Sorry about that. There we go. It's all right. Now, it's all good. <laughs> this is what happens when we're live, folks. All right. This is one <laughs> funny. But so this green dude right here with these weird looking fists. Who is this? That's Mecca, right? So each of the characters kind of has their own backstory. And and as you go through the various chapters of the of the book, you know, issue one, issue two, issue three, uh, each Ooh. character is going to get time to have its his or her own backstory kind of shared with the with the audience. Um, that's Mecca. Okay. Uh, Mecca is a guy who, you know, suffered some injuries, is kind of in a suit to, to help, you know, keep him alive. He's the, the character has every reason to be angry, but is the one character who, who was almost never angry. So if you look at the Renegades, you know, he's probably the heart of the team. You know, he's the one that, that keeps them up, even though he's the one who has every reason to be mad. Gotcha. It looks like he's walking around on a giant iron lung. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Though. I, I love the look. And, and who, who's this young lady here? Uh, that's Kali. She's kind of the uh, the fighter of the group. Um, okay. You know, she's got a dark secret of her own that she's you know not just Ooh. fighting to protect her friends, but also fighting to keep uh, that demon inside her from kind of winning. So she's fighting her own internal battles while also serving as the fighter for the team. Hey, okay, and, and homie over here, you know, look like that, he has my beard. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's Eclipse. Um, you know, he's the uh, uh, kind of the the angry old man of the team. Um, he's got a, a pretty tremendous power that we'll learn more about as you go through the a first tremendous. issue. Ooh. But he also has a, uh, you know, a, he brings a lot of problems. And the question as we go through the story becomes, is his tremendous power worth the amount of problems that he causes for the team? Oh, oh, wow. What a decision to make. Now, that sounds deep. I'm digging that. And what about this homie over here? Uh, I'm not going to tell you too much about that character. Uh, you kind of get introduced to them in the in the uh, in the first issue, and okay. they're the the part that kind of drives the the um, the story along, kind of the MacGuffin okay. of the plot in the first. So I don't want to give too much away about that one. Okay, and homie here, and that in front, that Spitfire. He's the leader of the group. He's a uh, he's a war veteran. He just wants to live his days in peace and quiet. And he's okay. the one that that has his goals upended when the renegades become the face of a new revolution. Ah, gotcha. And he's a veteran, huh? So taking part, some of your experience in, in, in your life, huh? And yeah, I mean, it. I, one thing I do like about group stories, you know, group books is 
it allows for more of a diversity of, of perspectives, right? When you have a group, you have more than one person all looking at the same problem, but looking at it differently. And if you compare that to, to say a book like Batman or something like that, you know, the book centers around Batman. So you're really only getting, or at least the main perspective of the book is Batman's perspective. That's kind of unchanged. In a group book, you get to have, you know, the person who, you know, is angry and the person who's happy and the person who's tired and the person who's the voice of reason. Each character can kind of serve a different perspective in the story, which gives you a diversity of storytelling as, you know, in addition to a diversity of characters and appearance. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So they go, you give us a little explanation. You know, ooh, time bomb. What's going on here? What? Yeah, now, now you're seeing some ooh. of the villains that are going to appear in the, in, the, uh, in the first issue to create problems for our heroes. Oh, so time bomb? Is this one person? That, or what is this? A crew? That's, a, that's that's one guy. Just a couple of different drawings of him. Oh wow! I, I, I like the fact he like an old school <laughs> bomb in his head. <laughs> oh oh wow! I love this. Who is this? And the homie with what? I need a trench like that. <laughs> that's the uh, that that's the group of bounty hunters that are, are going to end up getting the assignment to try to take down the renegades at the end. Oh wow! And what type of experience do you do they have? Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Can you tease? Well, us? I I don't want to give out too much, just to okay. say that you know you've got you've got a couple of the uh, the old school team members represented. You've got you know the powerhouse woman in the back with the super strength. You've got you know the leader in the front. You've got a crazy clown because every team needs some sort of you know wild card. And then you have the femme fatale, who's you know the pretty one who who you know doesn't need violence to get what she wants. Hey, where by? <laughs> they, use, they definitely know how to use them tools. And taking a little look here, you know, a, a little sample page. Oh, I dig it. Look at this. Look, look at how the hands look. Old school, the dots, like the old school comics. Hell yeah, bro. Look at this. Yeah, I really, I love the way that, that you know, manga and a lot of Western comics are starting to employ now the digital art is kind of making uh, you know, a play for what a lot of artists are, are using. <gasps> Digital art gives you the ability to do some some creative things with you know the screen oh. tones or or the zipper tones as it was probably called back in the day. My God, look at that panel with the city! Holy smokes! I mean, is this all you built the team? What's going on here with that? Well, I'm a one man show. Um, I work Whoa. digitally, so I do have the benefit of using 3D models and and you know things like that to to kind of assist in setting some of this stuff up, which is great. Um, it one thing that digital art allows me to do, and I do my work digitally is kind of capitalize on my strengths and also help me get faster in some of the areas that I'm slow. So if there's one thing that I am critical of myself as a, an artist, it's that I, I do tend to be slow. Um, it takes me a while to get the pictures where I want them to. So digital art enables me to work a little bit quicker, allows me to move some things around the page a little bit more freely and have the ability to get my throughput faster and at a higher quality. And I'm digging the panel usage here. You know, you go to this city, something's popping, you got people, and then you got him. <laughs> Whoa. I am digging it, man. Check this. Whoa, who are these guys? Uh, those are a couple of the uh, the enforcers, the uh, the police that are hunting the renegades. Okay, wow. So e even the cops got their own kind of you know, anti-renegade squad, I guess? <laughs> uh, well, pretty much the whole cop force at this point is anti-renegade. So they all... Okay. They're all after him. Oh, wow. And what's up with them having hoses? Is the atmosphere not good? <laughs> no, I just wanted to go for something that looked cool. All right, well, yeah. <laughs> achieved, brother. Achieved. I am digging it. Then, oh, look at homie here. Cracking one of them boys. I, 
please, folks, do, do, do not try to beat up police officers. Not a good idea. No, no, no. <laughs> Leave that in fiction, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Please look at that. I mean, yo, did he just kill him? That's that's not even a, a vamp. That's a crack. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to see what you mean. This old man over here, the troublemaker. All right, and check it out, folks. I want to start telling telling people got to spend that money so you could get yep, have yep, some yep. fun. So obviously you can pledge ten dollars without a reward just because you believe in the project. Beautiful thing, ten dollars. But you're starting at seven dollars. We can start getting some stuff. Yep, right? the, the seven dollar tier is the uh, the first tier. That's the digital copy only. Now, one thing that I did with this Kickstarter is that regardless of what tier you back at, you get your name printed in the thank you page of the book. I, I know some Kickstarters will have it only at a certain level, and and that's how they want to do it. That's that's entirely up to them. But from my perspective, if you're going to give me any of your hard-earned money, even if it's at the lowest tier, you get my appreciation because I can't hit my goals unless people want to contribute. So I'm appreciative of whatever you can spare. So if someone gives seven bucks, they'll get a digital copy of the book. And in that digital copy, their name will be printed in the back. Amazing. Amazing. And then for 15, I see digital copy, the name printed, and then a signed physical copy. Oh, you, you mean I'm actually going to hold an actual book in my hands, Jeff? Absolutely. absolutely. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the best part about it, isn't it? Yes, it is. I am a print man. I mean, no disrespect to Digi, but no, print no. is print, baby. I mean, you, you, you know, something you could put on a wall like that wonderful crystal you got. You know, hell yeah, bro. Oh, absolutely. check this out. Now, for 35, again, is the Digi, the name, the physical, and now... A unique character sketch so you're telling me you're, you're gonna be drawing your butt off and making some unique images for everybody absolutely yeah i mean you no know, not sure if everyone's gonna get a headshot some will get a headshot some may get a bust depending on some may get a full body uh but kind of a, a random sketch of one of the characters that you'll see in the book it could be kali it could be mecca it could be one of the the enforcers it could be time bomb i don't know who it's going to be it's whoever i guess is inspiring me to draw that day um and i everyone think will that's get a great an individual copy yeah i think that is an absolute great deal because you know you go to a convention folks you're probably spending you know 20 25 30 bucks and trying to get something like that og so well ni nice one i like that one thank you thank you Ooh, what do you mean expires ex this one expired what happened what, what were you so, doing here I'll, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna tell you what lesson i learned on this one so i had a commercial renegade tier. i was really excited about it pretty much everything that you get in the exceptional renegade you get the digital copy you get your name in the book you get a signed physical copy you get a sketch but with this tier you also got your likeness or your logo drawn into the book oh and the so way you're the telling first me issue... that within the book if i if i if i had backed this one and i sent you my comic crusaders logo it would have been a, sh a shop somewhere in this city absolutely yeah absolutely that was the idea That's so cool. and the first issue has a lot of crowd scenes it starts in a city there's a part where it transitions to like this this big you know rich person party so there's lots of crowd scenes lots of city scenes lots of opportunities for you know people and logos to go into it what ended up happening was I maybe underestimated how popular this tier would be. And so many people took advantage of it early on that I started to get concerned that the book was going to be, you know, an alien world with a bunch of no offense to, to any of my friends, but like, you know, middle-aged white dudes. And there's only so many middle-aged white dudes you can fit in an alien universe. And I was kind of concerned that it was going to start to take away from the story that needed to be told. And so I put a cap on this. And that's one thing I loved about Kickstarter is you know, there's a lot of things that you can't change once someone backs it, but you can put a suspense and you can put a deadline on certain tiers. So I basically made it expire on July 31st. It was great. I'm definitely going to do this in future, you know, crowdfunding future, future issues of the book. But for the sake of the story and, 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 you know, one quote I live by is everything you do has to be in service to the story. 
because of that, I had to make the, 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 you know, I had to cut it off. It was going to start to get in the way and I don't want to stop people from backing, but I also don't want the people who back to end up having a story that suffers because of my, you know, for lack of a better word, my, maybe my greed. Right. So yeah. I kind of got rid of that on July 31st. That's a great, great idea though. And then you started kicking off stress goals that once you got to the two racks. So, I mean, we're talking old school nineties foil covers. <laughs> I love a good foil cover, man. I love you a good and me foil both, cover. bro. I mean, we grew up in that era for sure. It's, it's too nice. It's just too nice to not have. And then 2,500, you know, uh, original ex exclusive accidental renegades and Z comics, original stickers, nice, more physical product folks. Yep. And of, co of course, being a 90s kid, I'm sure <laughs> the trading cards. Oh, hey, you know, and, and that's that's another thing. I, I saw someone else do it and, it, you know, and it was great. And their book that they were doing was kind of more of a slice of life type book. But I thought, how great would it be to have like a trading card that on one side was the character on the other side was some of that characters like power stats and, you know, a little blurb about it. Like not quite Pokemon, not quite baseball cards, but kind of almost combination of the two. Yeah, kind of reminds me of the, what was it, the old score, of the Marvel cards from back in the day, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, and some oh, of those man. were great. And some of those are, I mean, I mean, I wish I kept the ones that I had, but some of those like, were, were awesome. I still have some. I don't have the complete set, but I, I have nah. some of those. I did a complete set of the Jim Lee X-Men set that came out, remember? <sighs> yeah. Were those that the ones I that connected have. that you could put yes. together like nine? And the last uh, one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Man, so my I'm last jealous. page is the panel one. Oh, I, love I love I'm it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And they still meant, folks. Yeah, listen, I'm they're not for sales, so don't ask me. <laughs> really, sometimes I say things and I get some weird DMs like, uh, is, is that up on the on the block? I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. And, and what's this troublemakers? Since you yeah, mentioned that, was, that too, I want people to know that, about that too, bro. Yeah, so so troublemakers was a one shot that I did in uh in 2021. It was published in 2021. Um, it was kind of a a, a story I wanted to see if I could tell it. Um it, it might come back in the future, but it's just not the story that I want to tell right now. But The Troublemakers was a story about an internship for aspiring supervillains. So you often hear the stories about, you know, you go to school to be a hero, you do this to be a hero, whatever. This was the idea of an internship, but it was actually to to become a super uh, super villain. And you had super villain mentors. And, you know, the idea was the students would learn or the interns would, you know, spend a week with the the thieves and a week with the people who were the mad scientists and, you know, the various sides of, of villainy and the various say, departments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and kind of the, the whole idea with, of that is oftentimes what we see as the villain is never the villain in their own story. Right. So the tagline in that is that no one is the villain of their own story. So I wanted to kind of make sympathetic villains. Um, to explain what their course was that got them to where they was. And it wasn't necessarily that they were bad people. Um, and I think that's a great story to tell. It just isn't my story to tell right now with, you know, shows like the boys out there, yeah, um, gotcha. you know, books like my hero academia. I feel like other people are telling that story uh, probably a little bit better than I could. And rather than be derivative of that, I wanted to tell the story of the accidental renegades, which was probably closer to me personally. I'm digging it, brother. I'm digging it. Beautiful artwork. Folks, you better be back in this bad boy. I've been showing this off over here. You know, the Kickstarter project, Z Comics Original, Accidental Renegades. You hurt? Make it rain on this homie. You know, independent comics, man. Independent creators. So, you know, what if, you know, so once this book is over, do you have further tales to tell uh, of this universe? How many issues deep would you like to go? And is there going to be any spinoffs? Um, not really necessarily thinking about spinoffs right now um the universe of, of accidental renegades i guess you want to call it the zetaverse right um it, it's got a little bit of of a of a, a length to it 
one thing that I've always loved about manga that that is different from a lot of other comics is that most manga creators have a definitive end to their book. You know, they know eventually the story's going to end. And it's and that I feel one that, person doing the book the whole time. Right. And I kind of feel that way about Accidental Renegades. Is it, It's a story that needs to end. Um, it'll be a good story. It'll it'll definitely, I think, answer, you know, most, if not all of the questions that get posed throughout. But like anything else, it definitely needs to have an endpoint. I see that coming probably about four arcs, maybe five arcs away. So if each book works out to, you know, about 30 pages, you know, it's going to be a hefty story by the Ooh, time that it, it's done. Pages. Yeah, the yeah. first book's going to be 36. So let's assume between, you know, 30, let's just average 33, right? If each arc is about three issues, then that's about 100 pages per arc. Four arcs work out to about 400 pages. So it, it can end up being a fairly large story that can get into a lot of depth. And with the amount of world building that I'm trying to do, I feel like I need that room to breathe, but it's not going to go on forever. It's not going to be, okay. you know, a 50 year plan. It's, it's a story that's going to end and it's going to end, I think in a, in a way that concludes the story for everyone. So spinoffs would be great, but I'm not sure that's necessarily what I'm thinking right now. I'm just thinking okay. about the, the today, the today story. Of course, of course, today and the now, let's see what happens here as it moves on. But again, you already see that people are digging it, obviously, because you're funded. So yeah, it's nice yep. to see that support because they believe in the project. Just like we do at the Comic Crew, because I know you spoke to Johnny, too, about this awesome book. Man. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm excited for what the future holds for you, bro. Now, I always love to ask this question. Have you ever had a choice for this to go outside of the comics platform? Would you want it to be an anime, you know, some type of live action flick or anything along those lines? If you had a choice? Yeah, I mean... That would be great. I mean, that would definitely be cool. Um, you know, I always get asked the question, you know, would you want to work for like Marvel or DC? And, you know, I always said, oh, no, I wouldn't nah. want to do that. And uh, But, uh, but you know, it's it's it depends, right? Because on the one hand, you know, if you're an artist, you want people to see your stuff, right? You know, Marvel and DC gives you the opportunity to do that. But as an yeah, independent artist, seen, yes. yeah, I don't know that I necessarily want to give up my story. Um, and the kind of the way I put it is, why would I want to play with other people's toys when at the end of it, I got to put it back in the box? You know, why can't I play with my own toys that are mine and I can I can do what I want with them? As far as, you know, an anime, that would be awesome. As far as a movie, that would be awesome. But I feel like it would it would take a lot for me to give up control of the characters um, just because at least at this point, especially as a young creator or not a young creator, but as I'm not young, a new creator, um, they're, they're kind <laughs> yes, of close to my heart. If your beard is lighter than mine, you're young. <laughs> you got it. They're, but the characters, you know, they're kind of they're they're, they're kind of like my kids at this point. You know, they're close to my heart. I don't want to let, you know, I, I don't know if I want to just give them up yet. But you don't want to be know, an never, empty never say never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, never say never. You never know what what kind of opportunities may may find their way. Excellent. Listen, I know this is going to blow up. This is going to be huge. This is going to be amazing. Again, I already see people digging it. And I would love for this to go on to other platforms. And, and again, you don't actually have to give control of anything. True, true. As Pat Mills told me once, he goes, when somebody calls asking about your stuff, your first question out of your mouth is, what the F do you want to do with it? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, Pat. He goes, yes, talk like that. Let them know you're not you're just going to be being like here to serve it on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. You care about your creation and you're not. it's not going to be handed to someone right. that just does yeah. not know how to handle it or even see the vision that you have. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing, brother. This is great. I can't wait to see how much further this Kickstarter gets. Um, we need to keep checking up on you, brother. Because if this, if this is, for example, this reaches 10 racks, 10,000, what's up? What you gonna do? What, what, are you gonna give me a, a 90 card set? 
with the cops, I mean, the villains. You know what? If you can, <laughs> Al, man, if you can get me to ten thousand, I'll get you the card set. I'll put you and your logo in the book, man. I'll put you put you on the cover. <laughs> you can get me to ten thousand. Let's make it happen, folks. It is it, it's feasible. I've seen projects go wild, especially you know again you know like you said the American audience is eating up manga a whole lot more, and this is you know an American manga, if you will. Yeah, yeah. You know, which it, it, it's a great thing. And it's nice to see, you know, folks like you, you know, taking it and taking control of everything. The the art, the the panelling, the writing, the, the the word bubbles. I mean, kudos on you, bro. Flowers thank, time, thank bro. Just I kudos. It. I appreciate people like you, just like everyone else does. You keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. Bless, bro, you on this journey. Let's manifest. This will be a movie. This will be an anime. I'm going to be wearing a T-shirt real soon. You know, accidental <laughs> renegades. Yo, let's get it done. Let's I'm make down. it happen. That sounds great. That sounds great. Listen, the power manifestation is real, bro. We, we got to just push it and believe, man. You know, that, that, that inner voice is the one you got to listen to. Crush the other one. <laughs> All right? So just being that new young creator in the business, what type of advice would you give anyone in the same position today? Well, I think if there's two pieces of advice that I've learned is, number one, there's always going to be a reason why you can't start, and you got to kind of shut that voice down. Um you know, the day is going to pass whether you create or not. So you might as well take the time to create something and it's never going to be perfect, but small progress is better than no progress. So I would tell anyone who's interested in starting as easy as it is to say, you just got to sit down and start. You're going to get more done doing that than if you just make yourself excuses that and, and find your tribe, man, find your tribe, lean on them. They're there to help. If you surround yourself with good people, they'll lift you up. Uh, if you surround yourself with people that want to bring you down, then then you you know you're going to struggle to find success. But there's so many great people yeah. out there that want to help. Um, they're not that hard to find. You know, stay away from those toxic people and surround yourself with yes. those good ones. And and I think you'll be surprised at how much people are are actively cheering for you to succeed. Absolutely, uh, toxicity belongs in the garbage. This yep. is where exactly you put those type of people. You hurt real quick. They ain't with you, then screw them. That's all. And not that necessarily against you. You know, they just may be haters and jealous because they yeah. cannot do what you do. And yeah. instead of being humble enough to say, how do you do it? They'd rather throw shade. You know what I mean? So screw yeah. the shade, man. Oh, now I'm a sunshine over here. I'm a Zetaverse person now. Where are All right. it done. Welcome. All right? Welcome to the Zetaverse. We're happy to have you. Yeah, bro. So, guys, this is what you, I need you guys to do this. All right? The most important thing today is for you guys to go visit that Kickstarter and support it. Right, very reasonable tiers with some awesome stuff to come along with it, and let's push them up there. You, you want that full card set, you know? What I mean, I'm pretty sure you want that. You want the stickers, you want the physical. Do it all. Do the highest tier because let me tell you, it is very reasonable, for you know, price wise. So get it done, and of course, show your love and support. You know, cheerlead independent comic creators like this. So on Twitter, you can go to Z, the letter Z Comics Original, and on Instagram, Facebook, you follow at Zed, Z-E-D, Comics Original, Soda Love, and please visit the website too, right? Take a look at ZedComicsOriginal.com, all right? And tell them that the Crusaders sent you, all right? Show that love. Let them know where we're coming from, all right? So, yo, Jeff, bro, you rock. I see nothing but great success for you. Thank you again for your time. This is going to be the illest book ever, I'll tell you. Let's make, let's make it happen on Kickstarter. This is manga, American manga, baby. All right. Thanks, Al. You're the best, yeah. man. I appreciate it. You, you yeah. and the Crusaders are making it happen. Uh, well, listen, we're here to support folks like you, the independent combo community, because, you know, you guys are the future of the business. So we need you. You know, as these old timers and these legends keep leaving us, you guys are the future stars and the yep. future legends. 
So, you know, let's support you now and, you know, you know, not, not be bandwagon jumpers, you know? <laughs> All right. So with that, you know, show the love, folks. You know what to do. Follow everything Comic Crusaders at ComicCrusaders.com. Follow my extended family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And mi gente, hasta la próxima. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 